P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rock! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Puppy. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a cave thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hey, Hall fans, welcome to this very special episode. Very, P- very. Yes, of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always on cool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. And talking a lot of great movies today, because this is our special Act 2 finale. Yeah, the Act 2 finale, the Act 2 recap. Um, Act 2 was... A tremendous. The films in what we've dubbed Act Two of his career were had some tremendous. I mean, the, obviously, the meat of his career, the the uh, sand, the meat in the sandwich, right? Yeah. We should we should tell if, if for some reason this is your first episode, this isn't something. This is something we did break up the films into acts. It's not something that. You know, I don't I mean, think anyone else particularly has did this to his. Or like, career. why would they anyway? You know. No, like, <laughs> but it, to us, it made logical. Uh, you know, logical sense, and so why don't you explain instead of your synopsis, explain to the audience where we broke it up, why we broke it up. So I believe Philip Seymour Hoffman has about fifty-four narrative feature films, and I think so far, as far as episodes, while well, we've done our recap episodes, we had the special episode with Amos Poe, the director of the first feature film Philip Seymour Hoffman was ever in, and then we did a documentary that he was the host of, like on camera, and then we also did the TV miniseries, the two-part episode of Empire Falls. But besides that, they've all been narrative films, so when Brian and I were starting and conceiving P.S. I Love Hoffman, we decided to, you know, like kind of break it up it worked out pretty well, like numerically even. But we ended Act One after Boogie Nights because, after, with Boogie Nights, and then also Twister was at the end of that act. That was a big time that a lot of general audience and then directors, filmmakers, his other actors, you know, just Hollywood peers, really recognized him. And then, my God, come on, ending Act Two, which we just released that episode last week, Capote the film that he won Best Actor for. I mean, that just made sense that that's the end of Act 2. And then Act 3 will end with, I mean, unfortunately, it ends around that time because he passed away. But even if, let's say, it went on to an Act 4 and Act 5, I think we would have ended around with, uh, it's going to end with The Hunger Games because that was the first film like franchise that he was in multiple films he was in mission impossible but only one film which we also that's going to be our first film going into act three yeah and we'll definitely uh tease a little of act three later in this episode so if you didn't tune into our act one recap it's kind of a we'll ask our friends to do a little bit of a guest appearances today and we'll also just recap how things went in act two or our favorite moments Speaking of favorite moments, Kyle, I guess I feel like we uh, learned a lot in Act 2. I feel like we, I mean, 
correct us if we're wrong, I feel like we got to be a little bit better podcasters, so... I'd like to think so. <laughs> if you've stuck around for this long, thank you so much. So it's like, I guess, I want to start with that, just thanking our Hoff fans, yes. our audience. It's not about us, it's about the man here. It's about, it's about this man and the work that he's done, and just keeping it going, keeping it alive, and just, or introducing people to it. It's just, I mean, he's... Uh, I I don't think anyone that works in Hollywood today couldn't say that they they weren't a fan of his and and just would have loved to loved to work with them or worked with him and yeah I mean it's 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 been a pleasure going on this journey with him I know that sounds corny but it has felt like a journey like a, a positive one too because we've really watched him in Act One in these weird Polish film for example yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just do this fun projects and then it just has turned into this and like you said we ended at Capote where he's the lead and he's an Oscar winning lead and I, uh, John Harden our guest last week uh, mentioned this how he's you know he's on the poster and stuff and not just one of the people on the poster he is the poster to that film yeah. and it's it's like heartwarming it almost gives me goosebumps I know it's corny but it's like just to see like not not that he paid his dues and we were correct on that but just to see like where he is in this career and he's finally gets that recognition i know not everything is an oscar but it, it's just it's nice to see i don't know if you agree kyle but i'm sure you do yeah, yeah i know it's uh, it's yeah i mean i mean he was one of my favorite if not my favorite actor and then just always enjoyed his work and then we decided to do this podcast and uh, you know, like obviously, never, never met the guy. Have zero, <laughs> you know, like, like any, like, you know, like, I, I, I mean, again, we speaking to Amos Poe. That's someone that like knew him and had interactions with him. But just like you said, like seeing him on the front of like the poster cover for the DVD and just seeing him, you know, with his hands crossed and standing there and just it's saying Capote. It's just like, and then especially if you see the ones that say, you know. Academy Award winner, you're just like, yes! Like this, you know... Yeah, I feel like, like you said, we never met him, he's not our friend, you know, but now he kind of feels like he's our friend, because he's been such a part of our lives. He almost feels last... like an ancestor that we're proud of. <laughs> yeah, this is the 40th episode, so a nice round number, we're planning all these things, like yeah. how last week was... Yeah, exactly, that's that's definitely weird, and John, I mean, John Harden brought that up to us, but... We last week's episode of Capote came out on the day that the 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 bodies were found. In the, the bodies in, the were found murder. that the Capote that in cold the book in cold blood that Capote writes. So we totally planned wink wink to make this the fortieth episode. Yeah, for uh, and we planned for it to be a nice little Thanksgiving week thing. Yeah, gobble. no, we did not. It just happened. But. Just go- <laughs> gobble up all our episodes. Yeah, so so preemptive <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Yes, um, I know this is a little corny, but we're thankful for our Hoff fans. <laughs> yeah, I I can't I couldn't say it. I got I have no stupid little quip to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's what we love you for your stupid little quips. Yep. And and your famous uh No, I'm just gonna go be Samo set in the local Hoboken <laughs> Thanksgiving so, pageant. Okay. <laughs> so little word by word. So favorite performances, I guess, in this second act of his career. Do you have one? Oh, right off the bat, I'm gonna go at you. I have to give one? No, I mean you can give one, you can give many. Kyle, it's your show. Alright, so like I'm Kyle and I am who I am, so I feel like 
if you know me or how fans you you're, you're you've listened i have to say sandy lyle from along came polly and i don't have to say it i will say it because i do <laughs> and i'm getting a lot of him. shit recently for liking that movie so much ah whatever i love a good shit sandwich and uh what <laughs> this is what happens guys when we don't have a movie to talk yeah, about. yeah exactly we're when we're just riffing <laughs> good rim shot um and then I'll make it rain. I, yeah, make it rain, rain exactly. Dance, so. <clears throat> and then I will then I'll go with two more and I'll say Dean Trumbull from Punch Drunk Love and Lester Banks from Almost Famous. I can't disagree with Lester Banks. No, uh, but fucking Freddie Miles from Talented Mr. Oh, Ripley. So too. many good ones in the in this episode. I know. I mean in this series of episodes. Yeah, I I'll definitely have to agree with you on um Almost Famous Lester. I mean, that's probably my favorite here. I Would I be corny if I said Capote? No, not at all. He's, he's amazing in it, but I just, I still, obviously, it's funny. He, so this was, a, um, I mean, maybe I'm kind of like making some kind of like little off comment here by not say, saying him, but he, this was finally the act that he had like four lead roles in. And I didn't say that those were my favorite, but I loved them, especially Capote. But um, yeah, so definitely when we asked people who have been guests on this show, a lot of their favorite performances were in this act. Yeah, that's fair. Between yeah, Brant and uh, well, that's Cage. pretty much just Leon. <laughs> Leon, yes. thank you, Leon. You're a delightful human being. Uh, but yeah, Brant, Brant, there's so much more in Big Lebowski than I love than, than Philip Seymour Hoffman as Brant. That's oh. blasphemy on this show. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just, again, he rocked it in this, uh, act. This is, um, he's, we can see him getting better. Not that he started bad, but we can see him real, like really getting better and honing that craft, honing that, like, uh vulnerability that we always talk about with him mm -hmm. and it, it's so it's well and again that's when you see that in when he's like leading you know a film and you get to see what he's learned thus far and bringing it from those roles and those experiences yeah another another thing that i guess people pointed out as they saw him in early was um well him playing the character of freddie miles and talented mr ripley mm -hmm. so um we decided to bring back uh one of our favorites i guess the most Guess again, the most yeah, uh, <laughs> active guest like uh, of of the podcast and essentially yeah, our boss on the Cage Club Network, one of them, um, and, and and a friend. I could I think we could officially say that. And a friend. <laughs> of course, he's our friend. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I love to have the illusion of power. Right? No, Manzi <laughs> is first and foremost my friend, and then my boss, and that's our podcast. Yeah, that's our podcast. <laughs> no, and so here is our. Uh, we'll just call him our Ripley correspondent. Here. Yeah, yeah. So, so he mentioned on the podcast that he wanted to watch the other Ripley films and perhaps read the books. So we decided to bring him back, and uh, this is how it went. Michael Manzi, thank you for coming back. You're uh, our most frequent guest, our most regular guest. You're, I guess, the unofficial third member of the crew for now, unless we like book somebody nine million times. Oh, I'm, <laughs> guys, the, the first thing I have to ask is, how's the peeping? <laughs> it's going well. I have a very my backyard. I can see into many other apartments. So on my back, on my oh, back. No. it's very rear. Oh, right. Of course, that, rear that window. Yeah, no, it's very rear window esque. Yeah, but yeah, thanks for miles that. line, right? 
What, what, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's a Freddie Miles line. So to go, yeah. you know, we, we needed, we discussed this, ladies and gentlemen, one of the films during Act Two is the talented Mr. Ripley. We discovered and learned and were excited to find out that there, that Ripley is one of many, like talented Mr. Ripley is one of many Ripley books. And then they've also made a couple of other films. They made the talented Mr. Ripley back in the 50s, I think. Like, it was an Italian film, is that right? And then Ripley's Game uh, yeah, is a Malkovich, John Malkovich movie. Uh, yeah, and I think we discussed when we recorded that that I would come back during, this, um, during the Act 2 break and yeah. discuss some more Ripley. Because um, that was a fun episode. And, yeah, I didn't read any of the books. Uh, I didn't go that deep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, because... I mean, I've discovered, even though I'm playing the fan, I'm not much of a fan of this, these stories, I guess. <laughs> but for the interest, well, we were of saying the podcast, maybe that it could become a Netflix. Uh, you know, it should be a. Well, I'm kind of surprised it's not because, yeah, it would. It it is very episodic. I actually went back and watched two. Uh, Ripley movies. Ooh, for two. You. Uh, I asked yeah, you. not I just asked one. You, yeah, I asked you just to watch them. So now you've seen three. Alien. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you've so you've seen three Ripley movies, then, right? The the one obviously we covered, the talented Miss Ripley with Matt Damon, and obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And then, so what are the other two? I'm assuming Ripley's so, Game. Yeah, so Ripley's Game with Malkovich, which is O two, so that came after yes Matt Damon, and then I went back and watched from nineteen sixty called Purple Noon, which is the French Italian version of the talented Mister Ripley. So it's the movie that became the remake with Matt Damon. Mm. Okay. Because I um, wanted to go back and watch that one because it had the character Freddy. You know, and I wanted yes. to see who played him and how it was portrayed and, and all of that kind of nonsense. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So, obviously, Philip Hoffman played our Freddie Miles in the version we saw. What year was that again? Uh, 98? 99? 98, 99, possibly 97. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, late 90s. Yeah, yeah no, no, it, was, it was 99. I'll go up, but okay. we'll continue talking. I'll look on IMDb. So how uh, what was the Freddie Miles portrayal in the old Italian version? Well, first of all, everyone is kind of just kind of seems a lot older, maybe because they're European <laughs> and it was the sixties. <laughs> yeah, we were just but, smoking a lot of cigarettes and yeah, and it just seemed like the age difference between um, between Ripley and in this one, it wasn't actually um, it wasn't Dicky. They called him Philippe. Um, or Philip some of the time. So that was jarring. Uh, the age difference there, it seemed like much more of like more of a difference between the two actors. Uh, the the uh, Freddy character is remarkably similar. It's like... Really? Yeah, it must be set in stone on the page, the way this guy is supposed to behave. Ca- like, yeah, behave and carry himself and all. Because that's the whole... Yeah. Okay. But he's... So everyone... Wait. I, I like it. It was so long ago. Uh, refresh my memory. Is everyone in this European or is there still an American character or how does it work? Um. Okay. So, well, the movie starts basically like you don't, you don't see Ripley get hired to go find... Dicky or any of that stuff. You don't get him like ingratiating himself into. It starts with him on vacation in Rome 
with Dickie. Ah. And in the very first scene, they're having coffee, and up comes Freddie. You know that scene, like his introduction, yeah. where he like drives up and oh. hops out of the car. Yeah, that's where this movie starts. Well, that would have been cool. For, that would have been cool for our six to get Phillips and Rolfing like right, right away. <laughs> now, is yeah. is the I guess the thing I'm most interested in was the role about about the same amount of screen time, or was it a larger role or smaller, perhaps? I mean. So, yeah, so everything is actually a lot smaller in this movie. There's actually, okay, so there's, um, let me, I wrote some notes here. There's no character of Meredith. I believe that was the um, Kate Blanchett yeah. character. She's gone. Uh, Peter, the guy that is... Um, Becomes his potential lover at the end. He's, he's not in this. Uh, most, like, 40 minutes of this movie takes place on the yacht where it's just... Thomas Ripley, um, Dickie, and who was the girl again? Who was his girl? Um, was it Mar? Oh. Is it Margo? Is it Marge? Marge? Marge, right? Yeah. So it's like the three of them on the yacht for like forty minutes. Uh, no Freddie in sight or anything, and it's um, it's kind of interesting. It's very different. It's a very different way of telling the same story, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, w- it was kind of weird. There's there's less. Freddy character, but his death scene, I feel, is a little better. Oh, wow. How so? Well, it takes place during the day, um, so it's all the same. It's like after Ripley has assumed his new identity, and he's living in that place, and he, you know, it's basically identical, like um, that part of the movie where he's living, you know, on his own, and then Freddy comes during the day, and it's all the same stuff. He doesn't, like, hit the piano keys, but it's basically the same performance where he's, like, looking at everything, like, smelling what's cooking. He's like, oh, here's uh, the typewriter's been writing a letter, but, you know, there's no Dickie. Like, you're wearing Dickie's clothes. Like, what's going on here? And he turns back up the stairs to, um, you know, because the, I guess the landlady is like, oh, no, that is Dickie. That is Philip or whatever. And so he goes back up the stairs, and that's where he gets brained with the uh, with the statue or like is it a, is it another is this like a bust like a uh... it's a Buddha actually it's like a wow. jade, a jade fat Buddha that he uh, brains him with <laughs> now does then... <laughs> okay, okay I was gonna say like does Ripley at the end of this thing go to Asia like is it foreshadowing <laughs> his next journey or... <laughs> uh, no his fate in this is uh, much darker than oh. in the original but what's funny is what I would have liked to have seen. With the uh, with the newer one is that basically Freddie is lying dead on the floor all day because Ripley's got to wait until night to take him you know into his car and, oh, yeah, and dispose, drive him off the yeah, cliff or the bomb, whatever yeah, and all that yeah. yeah so he's like cooking dinner and like getting dressed and like and cleaning the up the house there. And yeah. this is just a dead body laying in the middle of his floor the whole time I like that that's wow. cool. That's pretty cool. And Anything you want to share from the Malkovich yeah. one? Um, well, just finally about Purple Noon, which was weird, is oh. at the end he gets caught, or it's implied that the last scene is he's about to get arrested. So um, he just Very gets cool. caught in this one. He thinks he's safe and can't get out of his web. Uh, whereas in the, the newer one, it's implied that he's going to murder that dude and sort of get away with everything. 
Um, the Malkovich movie is just like crazy. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I couldn't get into the mindset of this is Ripley. Like, it just seems like such a completely different portrayal of this character. Like, they seem like two completely different people. Uh, I did not feel it as like, um, you know, the Matt Damon, the one that Matt Damon had established. Like, even in Purple Noon, it, it's similar. Um, you know, he's very, he's a creep. He's sort of, um, you know, as much as he is able to, like, be such a con artist, he's also very insecure about himself, and he has all these kind of tells about himself. Whereas Malkovich is just straight up, like, a murdering serial killer, like, aristocrat. Like, it's really weird. Oh, so, I, I don't know if you guys remember. It's almost like a Hannibal, like, it could get kind of gets into that territory. Now, see, I don't know if you guys remember, wow. but that was something I brought up, and I actually think that, like, then we got into this whole, like, argument slash discussion of like serial killers and everything like that i said i wondered if ripley after this movie then he would like go i think even hannibal came up like just like that from then on like it obviously he you know like it was still painful every like death he you know or every kill he had in talented mr ripley but i was wondering if they made future ones or obviously in ripley's game that none of those people are involved in if it was just like how you were kind of describing that he just has zero remorse and is just a killer, you know, in a living high life. But that is, yeah, pretty much. He says that a lot in the movie where he's like, uh, he's got a protege in Ray Winston or Winstone. Really? He is the best. He is awesome in it. He's so much fun. And at the beginning, like they murder an art dealer together. <laughs> like in the opening scene, he kills this art dealer's like bodyguard in front of him and like steals a million dollars. It's insane. And the the rest of the movie is them literally like um, Ripley gets invited to his neighbor's house and his neighbor kind of like insults him or someone at the party like says like, oh, Ripley's all talk. He's just money without any game and anything like that. <laughs> and then Ray Winston comes back and he's like, "Ah, oh, Ripley, like we need you to I need you to murder this guy for me. Like there's all these guys around we should murder and stuff." And he's like, "Well, I can't do that. Like I'm not I's like I murder who I want to murder. I just don't murder for hire. It's like whenever the mood strikes me." So what this movie's about, <laughs> dude? I'm not kidding. Like this is yeah. the, this is like it's so crazy. Uh but and I wish it was better because what they end up doing is Basically, like, tricking Ripley's neighbor, who has leukemia, into becoming, like, a international hitman. What the like, fuck? they kind of, like, con him into shooting someone, and then he gets, like, a <laughs> bloodlust and needs to keep killing and, like, gets out of control. So, like, Ripley starts helping him kill the people. It, it, I started laughing, like, really hard at one scene because, like... They kill three guys in a row in a bathroom on a train, and I'm just like, <laughs> what is? It's like so far and, removed and from like the Hitchcockian like intrigue and mystery that they tried to go with in the previous stuff. And so, uh, it's safe to say that the talented Mr. Ripley was your. Would you say that's your favorite out of this film series, or yeah, well, that you've that seen? You've seen. Obviously. 
Yeah, there's actually a, uh, I guess there's another version of Ripley's game called The American Friend. I was just going to say, the next time we all hang out, we should watch The American Friend, which stars uh, Dennis Hopper as Tom Ripley. Yeah, I can't picture any of that. To me, Damon is the definitive (laughs) Ripley. Like, he just, it's just too, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just made an imprint too much. It's almost like... The only guy who should have played and him after. Wh- I'm surprised he didn't. And wh- where did um, Ripley's game, for the most part, take place? Um, I guess it, I don't really <laughs> remember where in America. But they keep going back between like America and oh, Belgium. Oh, uh, okay. So like they're in Germany a lot too. I was in just gonna movie. say, Brian, I would know you would you would like this. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for it right now, and it's uh, the uh, the American friend with uh, Dennis Hopper. It takes place in Hamburg. So that would be. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. interesting. That's interesting for sure. Cool. Um, so I guess does the series have a name, by the way? I don't like think it's Ripley a. Series? I don't think it's like an official series of. of like, no, but the book series is. Oh, I think it's just the Ripley Ripley series. I don't really know. Um, like I didn't go that deep. Like I will say this about Ripley's game. You know, if it, if it wasn't. Ripley, if he just was called like a different name, like you would never know. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just oh, okay. shocked that like who got it right and who got it wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like someone's yeah. doing it right, like by the book, and someone made it up for the movie. I just can't tell if it's Malkovich or Matt Damon. Like one of them, you know, is doing their own thing. I feel like it. Like I'm just gonna guess that it's Matt Damon because. Um, that he's doing it right because that seems more like there seems more dimension to the character from what you're describing, and if this guy's gonna write, unless he just since that's a later novel, unless he just like the writer himself just kind of gave up. Well, that's another thing as well as you. I never really got the sense of when Ripley's game took place, so I know talented Mr. Ripley is in like the fifties, was it or sixties or it was forties, fifties. It's pretty early on and anyway. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I don't really I'm not a huge fan, even though I've watched a lot of these <laughs> movies, but uh I couldn't tell like Ripley's game, that's the thing. Like I don't know that Ripley is a modern character like he works well in modern times. Like I think he works best uh as like a um you know, like as a historical piece, like, you know, put him in like a costume drama or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Ripley is like a really Makes good character. Yeah, because there's kind of like a dangerous liaison edge to him in a way where um, like he's really good at deceit and, and playing people against each other. Gotcha. I mean, that's I mean, it, it's interesting. It's definitely. So do you recommend our audience check it out or should they skip Ripley's game and well, what was the other one? <laughs> the other one is uh, Purple Noon, which I didn't. Yeah, which I think I don't know if much of the audience is going to enjoy that. Like that's just that's like a, I rented it, but it it's like on the Criterion Collection. It's like a um, you know it's a European film from the '60s, so it's like caught between you know Italy and France as far as like the way it's shot. Like it's sort of new wave, <laughs> but it's but it's neorealistic. It's weird, you know? It's like a mishmash. I didn't I didn't really I, what impressed me about that was like all the yacht shots, you know, after hearing the horror stories about jaws and how that was made. Like it was some really impressive boat um cinematography <laughs> in that movie. But it's it's kind of if I would much rather rewatch The Talent in Mr. Ripley. Well, the, um, well, the, the, there, I mean, that's great yeah. because it's it's got our guy Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> and, if, <laughs> and if only um, the Ray Winston character was Philip Seymour Hoffman's Freddy, and like Freddy and Ripley teamed up in Ripley's game, like that would have been 
incredible you know like i feel like ray winston is almost like hoffman light yeah in a he way. Could, yeah, he could, yeah. <laughs> um, so so uh just wanted to recap what episodes you were on in uh our act two because i, f- I feel like we talked to you at least a couple times right yeah, it's more than it seems, actually, you know? I mean, you tell me I'm the most guested show, it's like, really? So I guess Talented Mr. Ripley, right? Yeah. And then 25th Hour, so only two of them, right? But like, I feel like I feel like you're around a lot, and that's a good thing. We like hearing you. We like hearing from you. Anything uh, you're looking forward to in the later half of his career, the Act 3, our conclusion of this saga? Well, I guess I let the cat out of the bag early on the last show, but the Charlie Wilson's War, which I'm coming back for, I'm really excited to go back to that because, um, you know, rewatched Aaron Brockovich recently for Cinemakers, the Soderbergh podcast we're oh, doing, yes. and I'm looking forward to see uh, Julia Roberts in that against Philip Seymour Hoffman and Tom Hanks in that against Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, he's up against, you know, the 20 million club in that one, basically, right? Yeah. Um, like yeah. Real yeah, no, that, that's, A-list Hollywood. That's something, yeah, we just, something we're looking forward to. Yeah, too. definitely. So, um, And just like everything else, basically, like, that's what I love is, like, when you guys come out with a new show, it's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to gotta get around to, like, rewatching that, like, you know, and listening to the show. But i definitely been listening to all the shows and really enjoying it. Thank you. Speaking of which, and, and I know you're you're not dropping it yet, but we were super excited to get uh, some guesting assignments on your next show. Oh, that's right. So, um, yes. You know, so I why not about that? Make it an ex- you want to make it an exclusive, and I can reveal Ooh, the name well, of the yeah. show. Yes, please. please. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, so the show is called Comedy Bang Bang. No, I'm just uh, <laughs> show. Comedy Bang Bang. The Comedy Bang. It, uh, it's called um, Third Time's a Charm, Oh! and in the show, we're just going to look at part three of a film franchise. We're going to look at the third movie and try and figure out everything that came before and if anything came after. And, awesome. You know, just talk about that. Well, I, I love yeah. it. Kyle, I know you love it. We've been talking about this. We're so excited to guest star on this. The third film of these series. Amazing. <laughs> It's very, yeah, I mean, this is a very, uh, that's a very manzy podcast. And I mean that in like the biggest compliment way. Like, it's just like, it's going to strike up, I think, a lot of really fun, interesting, diverse conversations between you and your guests. So, um, this is awesome. And, and I know you've, and I know this is probably not something you're announced, but you've broken it up kind of like thematically. Yeah. I was, I was wondering, I, I noticed you didn't have the third Thor film on there, right? Or did you? Oh, it's, I, it's sort of in an alternate spot, but that's the thing. Like, I will need to balance the good with the bad. Like, there's a lot of trash. It's mostly trash, let's be honest. And that's going to be part of the fun is like, when you get to the third entry in a series, you know, it's really hard to find places to go unless you have a strong, you know, character or idea. So uh, Thor Ragnarok is a great movie. I really like it. So I think I'd much rather have fun talking about, like, Spider-Man 3, uh, you know, Blade Trinity. Uh, we'll still get into Iron Man 3 and good stuff, you know, maybe watch Civil War, stuff like that, too. But, yeah, and not everything, you know, not everything can make the cut unfortunately 
Well, maybe it can when, once you extend the series. Well, there you go. Maybe this, That's the maybe thing. this is you the series know. you'll be remembered for. Yeah, that maybe this is your legacy. Like, things are planned a certain way, but there's always room to call an audible or, you know, <laughs> change <laughs> change something at the last minute. Yeah, nothing is ever really set in stone, well, but it's yeah. happening. That's for sure. Well, Hoff fans, you heard it here first. Third Time's the Charm, the new podcast that will be coming in the new year, right, on uh, the mm-hmm. Cage Club Network. It was Michael Manzi's solo podcast that he'll be having some terrific guests on. And, uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to it. And thanks for giving us this exclusive. I feel so... Ooh. Yeah, always great to yeah. have you on. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Uh, we're, we're, we'll uh, look forward to the next one, Charlie Wilson's War. Can't wait, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Always good to talk to Michael Manzi. Isn't that the case? I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, he's he, he knows his stuff, and we we appreciate. Not only did he we watch two Ripley movies, so good man, that Manzi. <laughs> that's why that's his last name. Mm-hmm. No, so um, I guess another thing I wanted to ask you, and we might have asked this in the Act One thing, but what was the most surprising? Uh, performance or film a surprising like moment in the act two uh series of films for good or bad or are we just either way just something that uh surprised you shocked you a bit um shocked you no i mean um i guess surprising i mean well okay well i'll just say an overall surprising that's still like how many movies were going that like he's just in it for a little bit like your cold mountains and obviously your cameo that's strangers fair. with candy and even like red dragon uh but then surprising in a good way like i i mean it's just great seeing him again taking all these lessons he's learned from these other films but then applying them to so i i, I you know like state and maine and love liza and owning Mahoney, and then finally Capote as his lead. So, I mean, there's nothing... You know, I, I'd seen a fair amount of those movies, so it's not like I know in Act 1 we just, we said we were surprised and pleasantly surprised by The Yearling. Yeah. There were none that I was... Um, that I thought were, like, god-awful or anything like that as far as the movies. I have to say, one surprise for me was how bad Patch Adams was. Yeah, I almost, like, when thinking about Patch Adams before we even started, I was just like, I got a bad feeling about this. (laughs) I mean, I'd seen it, you'd seen it, Yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while, and it's just like, (sighs) I mean, you know, I love Robin Williams. I obviously love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I wish they had a better collaboration. Yeah, it just, it, it just, it just, like, I don't know, fell into this weird, sappy, like, I don't know, territory for me. It was odd, like that murder that happened. Yeah, exactly. It's just... um, I mean, not that we didn't enjoy doing the episode. Kara from Wistful Thinking was great. Yeah. But, I mean, and always great to talk to her. But uh, that episode, I mean, she agreed too. Like, that's not a great film. <laughs> well, I guess Montana, the first one that we covered for Act 1. Was in terms uh, for of Act 2, I mean. Surprising to you that it was bad? I don't think so. Oh, no, not surprising. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were just gonna start going on like a like a bad rant. Oh, so, yeah, no, yeah. Patch Adams, yeah, Patch Adams was surprising. So another thing I wanted to talk about in this episode was how um, that P.T. Anderson collaboration continued and really took off. Like obviously, yeah. Boogie Nights we ended the first one with, but it, this the momentum from that didn't stop. He still used this guy. Yeah, we had two in Act One, Hard Eight, Boogie Nights. And now we had two in Act Two. Two, uh, one of those, the first one, right, being Magnolia. Magnolia. 
Um, so one of the side projects, uh, we, so we always talk about these little side things. In Act 1, there were so many more, like little shorts or episodes of things. Not so many here, uh, but one of those was he was in that Amy Mann, uh, Save Me. Yeah, and so a couple of Amy Mann songs were used in the film Magnolia, and, and then in particular, Save Me. And unlike in Act 1 when he was in, now I remember it was, was it? I know it's a pen. Was it Michael Penn? Michael Penn, yes. Okay, so he that was a music video, and Michael Penn did the music for Boogie Nights. But this was just as a solo artist. He had Philip Seymour Hoffman act in a music video that P.T. Anderson directed. Yeah. This music video, on the other hand, is a song that was, I believe, written for the movie, if not written for the movie, very much used in the movie. And then the music video is pretty much these shots of all of our main characters. Yeah, let's play a little clip of it. Yeah. No, in the movie they sing along to that one song "Wise Up." And oh yeah, yeah, so it's not that though. No, it, it, but this is—it's also not clips. You know, you see so many music videos from movies, and it's like clips from. I think of like the Cage the Cage Club guys will like this, but I think of like City of Angels. Had oh, that, I see that what you're saying. Song, and no. it just was like spliced of like City of Angels clips. Yeah, exactly. So Iris. while filming this movie, like P.T. Anderson clearly knew that he wanted to use certain songs, and then being friends with... I think he was actually dating Amy Mann. So this is a funny little aside, and I wasn't even planning on talking this, but about this, but I, I'm, I'm a big Elliot Smith fan, and I read a book about Elliot Smith recently, and apparently... I mean, well, so we should plug this guy. Tim O'Connor was the guest. Yes. Um, really, really awesome young director. He was our guest for this episode. He had mentioned that... Um, he was watching the behind the scenes and saw Elliot Smith again, one of my favorite musicians, um, hanging out with P.T. Anderson. And in the book, it talks about Elliot Smith when he lived in L.A. Um, so John Bryan, who does the music, um, are, were you familiar with him at all? I actually learned of him from uh, the Judd Apatow film Funny People. Okay, he's like, he's done a lot of great music. He's like an L.A. legend. Like musicians look up to this guy. He 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 works or or used to at least run this like piano bar that was famous there. Mm-hmm. And he just, he can make music with anything. Like Elliot Smith, who, again, I consider a musical genius, saw this guy as a genius, and they collaborated a lot. But through through this guy um, and the musicians that went to this piano bar and P.T. Anderson going there, mm-hmm. um, they all became, like, friends in L.A., and they were kind of like a musical clique that P.T. Anderson, being this, like, wonderkin prodigy, found himself in. So hence why, like, John Bryan does the score, and Amy Mann... Um, ends up doing all this music for it, yeah. which is, again, awesome. And I thought that was like a funny little thing I, I read in this book, and it, it turns out like 
I guess, you know, like this whole cool L.A. clique that I wish I was a part of. (laughs) (laughs) But as you were saying, um, with this Amy Mann song and the other song, they're featured so prominently in this film. Yes. And it's just like shots of... It's not shots, it's like reshots of the exact things that happened. Yeah, I feel I mean they definitely did, like, it on did set this at the time. yeah, on set while they were filming and she asked or maybe he had the idea like, "Oh, you should do the music video and use like the scenes from the movie." So it's pretty much like all like our main actors in their like main location. So it's specifically for Phil Parma for the Philip Seymour Hoffman role. He's at the, you know, the at the bedside since he's the, you know, like home nurse in the film. And then Amy Mann's like in the background singing her song. And I don't know if this is true, but it seems like she wrote the songs with the movie scenes in mind. I mean, it happens a lot because what she, the lines she is saying during this scene is like kind of about like what's going on there. Yeah, I I believe at least like one of them probably, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I mean. It's just cool to see him in something else. There's not too much of this, like, short material here. But it just... I feel like it's a companion piece to Magnolia. Just like uh, even the Mattress Man. Mattress Man Man is a nice comparison piece. And we talked a lot about the Mattress Man on the Punch Drunk Love uh, podcast. Yeah, I even played... Because that's one of my... (laughs) It just brings so much joy to me, that clip. So just... just, Yeah, yeah. if you haven't heard that episode, uh, what is the Mattress Man uh, short about? Or what is it, really? The Mattress Man is just this commercial that wasn't used in the movie Punch Drunk Love, but it's Dean Trumbull, who's, like, the antagonist. Uh, yeah, and it's in the based movie. on a real commercial. Yeah, it's also based on the, yeah, the, which, oh, God, I forget what that guy was called. But it's based off the real commercial. We talked a lot about it on the episode for Punch Drunk Love, so check that out. But the two things to take away from what we're talking about right now, check out the music video for Save Me. And then check out the Mattress Mattress Man. Man. Yeah, and again, like Kyle said, if you want our whole spiel on how great the Mattress Man commercial is, listen to that episode. And that was a great, we had a great uh, host on that filmmaker, Colin Bressler. Yeah, yeah, that was was going to be releasing his new horror film, Bloody Drama, soon. Awesome. Really looking forward to that. So there was one more short project that we still haven't been able to track down. It was a, a short film. Yeah, The Elusive Culture. Just an update on that. We still can't find it. Yeah. Um, this is one of these ones that we can't find. It, it's He plays Bill in Culture. If anyone has a copy of Culture, because apparently it was nominated for Best Short at the Academy Awards, um, but we don't have it. Um, <laughs> and so if any of our awesome Hoff fans can, can uh, help us yeah, out Yeah, help here. us out here, please. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's Their director is Josh Gordon and Will Speck. And they, I think we mentioned this in the last uh, recap. They ended up doing a lot of uh, cool stuff. So if anyone can get their hands on that and give it to us, we'd love that. But again, not too much short work in this this era. He was just so busy doing films. I mean, in 98, he has like five or six films alone. Yeah. I just feel like he was working, working, working. Early in a career, you want to take those TV gigs. You're going to do more short, short films. In this act, he was able to do his own parts, but we'll go back to some short subjects in the third act because I feel like once he's a celebrity, quote-unquote, yeah. doing air quotes, quote-unquote, he's doing more cameos and doing more... Uh, I think there's an Arthur just, episode in the next Yeah, exactly, some fun, smaller projects. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so can't t- track down this culture thing, but when we do, we might even feature that in the next recap <laughs> episode. 
and with culture, as we said, it's just so surprising since it was nominated for you know an Academy Award short film, but maybe we'll have to contact the Academy. But this was also uh, this time of his career. Act two. Yeah, of Act two, he started receiving some, you know, some recognition for you know via nominations, and then finally ending by his Academy Award uh, winning role of Capote, Best Actor. But just a few of those. Um, he was uh, Emmy nominee for his work in Empire Falls. Cool. For Capote, he was also a Golden Globe winner. He was a Golden Globe nominee for Cold Mountain. This is where he first started to get his award recognition. Mm-hmm. But there's not... Um, how can we put it? Like, there's not... Uh, later, Act 3, we'll see some more, like, award stuff. Where he's regularly nominated for one award here or there. Yeah. Anything else he was nominated for in Act 2? I mean, there's a Central Ohio Film Critics Association. <laughs> uh, you know, he was nominated for that a bunch of times. I guess Ohio really loved him. Chicago Film Critics. Nice. There's a bunch of those, those small things. But no, it was definitely it was the, the Emmys and some uh, Golden Globes. But of course, his big award. And then, of course, yeah. The Oscar. The Oscar. Um, so last week when we uh, were speaking with John Harden on Capote, we thought it would be a good time to also talk with him about... I guess his Oscar speech and the fact that he won that Oscar yeah. um, for Capote. So uh, let's kick to that. Yeah, enjoy words with actor John Harden. So John, thanks for uh, coming back. It's always a pleasure when we have you on, of course. Always great to be here. So we had you on for Capote, and we thought, why not uh, just discuss, because this was his Oscar-winning speech. Yeah. I mean, sorry, his Oscar-winning film. Um, we wanted to play a speech, and we thought we'd have you on just to, I don't know, chat briefly about it. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. So... This is an interesting speech. I think um, it won a lot of points at the time. Um, I was doing some reading about it before uh, we went into it. And it, it won a lot of points with people at the time for, first of all, being relatively brief, uh, which, which is, is nice. always appreciated at yeah. the latter end of the Oscar program. But also... Not so boxy also. <laughs> right, and feeling grounded and feeling humble and something I think that a lot of people felt Philip Seymour Hoffman exuded most of the time was a spirit of gratitude and a spirit of humility um, he thanks his mom, you know, his mom's lot, there with yeah. him tonight, really yeah. heartfelt, um, speech. One of the things that's also notable about this speech is it's up there in Oscar history as one of the bigger flubs because he doesn't thank Mimi O'Donnell, his girlfriend, partner, and mother of his children. Mm. Yikes. Right. Wah, wah. And I believe... Hillary Swank famously... Didn't mm-hmm. thank her. Yeah, forgot to that. thank Chad Lowe. Chad Lowe, yeah. To the point that <laughs> Lena Dunham then made a joke on some award ceremony later that she said, if I ever got a chance, I had to thank Chad Lowe. <laughs> wow. That's, that's actually the, probably the funniest never thing she ever did. It's funny. It's also that's, a bit of a burn. <laughs> that's but, hilarious. Yeah, I'm sorry. It is. Pretty, <laughs> Damn it, funny. Lena Dunham. Um, it's pretty chance. funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, you know, I think there's even a story out there that I heard once that I, unfortunately, I was trying to find a source for. So feel free to dismiss this, that I am completely full of it, and I don't know what I'm talking about, but I have heard that it was a really difficult night for them after that as oh. a result that he got off the stage and realized it and figured, oh, she'll understand and uh. got back to his seat and felt immediately. Do we know atmosphere. how long they were together at that point? Because, I mean, they were... I mean, they have kids, even at that point. They were still together at his... No, in 2014, yeah. They even have kids yeah. at that point. And he left before. her all of his money. Yeah. Actually. So, I mean, that's eight years. So, point being, obviously, they got... That was eight years later that he ends up uh, passing. So... 
know. Yeah, it obviously, right, a lot of the other stories that you read about those kind of flubs, um, the couple ended up divorcing. And, yeah, but so I think then then it goes back to you saying, like, humble and, like, humility, and you just see, like, in that moment to him, it was just, like, clearly, like, I mean, no one can ever, you know, I mean, maybe there's a little, like, Oedipus thing, just like the mom, but clearly, I mean, he says, he tells everyone in the audience to make sure to go up and congratulate her, and that she was, you know, uh, raised four kids by herself, and that he brought him to his first show, but he, you know, he just brings things up like the Van Morrison song, and just like, that he got to, I mean, everyone usually says, oh, what a great, um, great actors that I am, that I've been nominated with, but it was a great year of Heath Ledger, Terrence Howard, again, David, David uh, Strahan, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And, uh, yeah, just to both your points, really quickly, um, it's clear that he's like humble and he didn't write the speech, like write a speech ahead of time, or even write notes. Or maybe he did it in his pocket and he didn't look at it. But th- dude, that's something you gotta write down. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Gotta yeah. write a speech, but write down. I have to thank these people because when I'm up there, I'm yeah, gonna just forget. Bullet, just bullet points of names or something. It does. seems so sincere and very clearly just juxtaposed to. I remember him not winning for Doubt, uh-huh. and he looked so different. He didn't. He looked a little disappointed, but like, it, it was more like he clearly we're gonna see in the next phase that I'm not necessarily saying Hollywood's changing him, but he's more used to this award show thing. That was a guy up there, like. Still nervous, yeah. You know, yeah. I guess you could liken it a little bit to Jennifer Lawrence falling down on the stage, on her way up to accept her Oscar <laughs> for true, yeah. Silver Linings Playbook. You know yeah. that there's. I think people liked. It's sad to say because I don't think it's entirely fair, but people like those versions better. You know, before people have been in Hollywood so long that the image is yeah, more. The, they still have humanity. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's something. It's <laughs> not just it's that. I think uh, they've gone. They've become sick of the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's fair at all to say that Hollywood makes them aliens. I think it just <laughs> makes them cold because they've been abused so thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Whereas they enjoyed the attention at first. They were still a little gawky and and human, you know, and approachable. Yeah. And eventually, you learn to be cold because too many people have taken advantage. Yeah, I have a lot of sympathy, despite. You know, oh, boo-hoo, they make millions of dollars. <laughs> but I, I do have some sympathy for how exhausting it must be no, to have yeah, people yeah, constantly wanting a piece of you. I mean, I think we would all take that lifestyle, but yeah. still. Right you... now, it certainly feels like I would trade up, but give me <laughs> ten years in that world, and you know, maybe I want to go back. No, I, I mean, that's a good point. That's he should really have taken point. some notes from Perry Smith starting to write a speech in his notebook. Cause well, <laughs> didn't work out for him either. No, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, thanks, John. Thanks for your yes. input. Yeah. And uh, why don't we just... We've been alluding to it, so we'll just kick to the clip then. Yeah. The Oscar goes to Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote. This is the first Academy Award in nomination for Philip Seymour Hoffman. His big screen break was in Boogie Nights. During his 36 days filming Capote, even in between shots and during breaks, Hoffman tried to stay in character vocally and physically. Oh, God. Now, um, wow, I'm in a, a, a category with some great, great, great actors, uh, fantastic actors, and, um, and I'm overwhelmed, uh, I'm really overwhelmed. Um, I'd like to thank Bill Vince and Caroline Barron and uh, Danny Rosette 
Uh, the film wouldn't have happened without them. I'd like to thank uh, Sarah Fargo. I'd like to thank Sarah Murphy. I'd like to thank Emily Ziff, my friends, my friends, my friends. Uh, I'd like to thank Bennett Miller and Danny Futterman, who I love, I love, I love, I love, I love. Uh, you know the Van Morrison song, I love, I love, I love, and he keeps repeating it like that. Um, and, um, and I'd like to thank Tom Bernard and uh, Michael Barker. Thank you so much. And, uh, and my, my, my mom's name is Marilyn O'Connor, and she's here tonight. And uh, I'd like, if you see her tonight, to congratulate her. Uh, because uh, she brought up four kids alone, and, uh, and she deserves a congratulations for that. And, um, <laughs> uh, we're at the party, Ma, you know? Um, and uh, she took me to my first play, and she stayed up with me and watched the NCAA uh, Final Four. And uh, my passions, her passions became my passions. And, uh, you know, be proud, Mom, because I'm proud of you. And we're here tonight. And <laughs> it's so good. Thank you. Again, as we said with John, such humble words. I'm so happy for him. I know. It's just so much, just like, uh, it's just, I love hearing that man talk and then just being able just, I, I mean, hey, how many times have I brought my mom up on this podcast that uh, I, I respect the man that says, you know, if you see my mom tonight, congratulate her and thank her and all that good stuff. And it reminds me of you, too, because, again, he didn't congratulate his significant other. And I feel like that's something Well, I just don't have well. one to congratulate <laughs> Even if thanks, you did, so, yeah. mom would come first. No, mom would, yeah. All you ladies out there interested in Kyle... Always remember that mom comes first. If you're interested in me, then you have to thank the woman that brought me to this world. So, Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so part of what I think really like touches us by listening to this speech is just what humble beginnings he came from movie-wise. But I think, again, it's not paying his dues, and we learned that from probably one of the most awesome episodes on uh, Act 2 for us. One of the most awesome moments of my life, <laughs> no, talking to I this agree. man. I agree. Um, so th that was our interview with Amos Poe. It wasn't a film one, so I'm not sure if you skipped that, but it's definitely something you should listen to. Yeah, episode 33. Episode 33. Yeah, I mean, yeah. any any words about it? Anything? Uh, just a recap I just learned, I mean, please listen to the episode, just because, I mean, we're so proud of it, but on top of it, it's just like, I mean... I don't know, the man just, if you're into film, and if you love Philip Seymour Hoffman, there's just so many great little stories of how he met him, and just the beginning of Philip Seymour Hoffman's career, and then just Amos Poe's career, and just like this cool scene of the no-wave film movement in the 70s and early 80s, and uh, just a really, I mean, talk, I like mean... insider stories, yeah, inside, too. Yeah, like that Meryl Streep story was amazing. Yeah, doubt and everything like listen, that. We'll definitely bring that. that up on the doubt episode again. For but sure. Let's just, you know what, like, let's, we'll play like a little something from that episode right now. I always, I'd written, um... Uh, two-person thing. It was almost like a play, actually. And it was about uh, like an FBI agent and a cop, like a up in Maine, like a local cop and a Washington, D.C.-based FBI agent who 
are on a stakeout. Okay. And they're staking out the the ferry from Nova Scotia. And they're waiting for someone to come off this ferry. It turns out it's like a terrorist, but you don't realize till at the end that it's a domestic terrorist, a guy who blew up a Planned Parenthood and killed two doctors. Uh-huh. Oh. And I always wanted for the two cops um, for to be Phil and Steve Buscemi. Oh, oh. that would have been great. Damn, um, another great actor and was part of that mm-hmm. uh, no wave yeah. cinema of the. Yeah. Which, which I definitely do want to discuss. Yeah. So, okay. um, um, and, you know, I wrote a couple drafts of it, and I, I think I got to a point where I was pretty satisfied, because a lot of it is just like two guys sitting all night in a van, mm-hmm. and what are they going to talk about? It's just like a lot of dialogue. There's a, some flashbacks and stuff like that, but huh. it's basically, you have to be able to, milk how boring a night is to just sit waiting for something to happen yeah um and and i i, I told phil about it once and i said you know i have this idea you know it's, it can be shot in like two weeks it wouldn't break into your schedule that much uh you know it's up in maine he goes, yeah, tell me more about it, you know. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so. He goes, and he's sort of like vibing out a little bit, and I'm going, what? He goes, which guy do I play? <laughs> and I go, well, I don't know. I mean, you could play the the main cop, who's like a local guy. You know, he's got like marital issues and mm-hmm. you know financial issues and stuff like that or you could play the, the FBI guy who's basically got you know career issues like this this what he's doing tonight is against what everybody wants him to do mm-hmm. he's off the, the grid he's off the radar he's doing it on his own and this could either make his career or completely destroy his career and he's a gambler oh wow so which one do you want to do? He was like, "Oh fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do both, you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, I said, "Oh, you mean like a Peter Sellers?" Yeah. <laughs> that's as far as we got. Oh, but I always thought, you know, Buscemi and him would be great. Yeah, and that's just one of the highlights right there. Of uh, honestly, a great episode, a great conversation. We had a blast. Just again, we can't with Thanksgiving coming up. We can't thank Amos Poe enough for I, giving two yeah, dumbasses like us. <laughs> a I chance. called myself a schmuck on that episode, and I, I won't stop there. So yeah, so thank you, thank you again, Amos Poe. Thank you so much. I don't think we can say it enough. Listen to that episode. It's not. It's not for our egos. It's just yeah. We had so many questions for him, and and we were hoping you guys had some questions for us. So we did decide to reach out to you guys on Facebook our Hoff fans, and we got some responses on our private message, but we also reached out to some fans we knew, mm-hmm. read our emails, and, and Kyle, I selected what I thought were the best and most interesting ones. Um, cool. Both about Hoffman and about other stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Andy J has an interesting question. 
If you had to have dinner with any Philip Seymour Hoffman character, who would it be? Oh. Ooh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> would it be him? Um, I think the most interesting person would be then, but he's a real person. So do I want Philip Seymour Hoffman as him? But it would be the character Lester Bangs. But again, like, so my having from dinner, Almost Famous. From Almost Famous, sorry. Um, That'd but, be a great dinner, a great conversation. Yeah, but like, so, I'm, but am I like? But he's like a real person, so it's just like a, it's like a very like weird situation. Stop thinking too much about the question. People just want to hear the character name. Okay. So are you picking Lester Bangs? And Sandy Lyle. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to pick Sandy Lyle. <laughs> huh. So those are two good ones. How about you? I, You know, I'd like to have a nice, exotic Italian meal with uh, Freddie Miles. Seems kind of like a douche, but from uh, Talented Mr. Ripley. You wouldn't Ripley. get along with Freddie at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, mean, neither would I. I'm not <laughs> but, like, well, you took my good ones. I, I, would have a, I would have a nice meal with Freddie Miles. Or, uh, hmm, I guess, I don't know. Next question. Kevin K asks, if Wait, you Kevin Klein, yes, Kevin Klein asks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one from Men in Black, right? Yeah, no kidding. No, I did that on purpose. Okay, what movie am I? Wild Wild West. That's but then on it. top of it, it's just like <laughs> that's like a double insult because you don't want Wild Wild West if you're Kevin Klein on top of it. You're referencing the other Will Smith movie. That's like I know that's why it's the funny. Time. Okay, never mind. Sorry, guys. Regardless, Kevin K. What would you say if you ran into Philip Seymour Hoffman on the street today? But I assume he's not. Dead. Yeah, okay, number okay. one. Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> let's not go, like, with number one, like, the alley oop to the shitty joke, or the, <laughs> shitty, the shitty reference of, like, oh my god, you're alive, and you're, like, and, or I'm Yes, no, 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 okay. Like I said, Kyle, do not take these questions too literally. Yeah, okay. Like, oh my god, I see a ghost. Sorry, <laughs> I'm li- literal Larry today. Um. <sighs> Am I just totally, like, going up to... Like, I just run into him on the street. Yeah, you could what say nothing say? if you want. You could just be like, hey. Um, I, you know, like, I, I would just go up to him and just say, like, I'm such a huge fan, and uh, I happen to work in production, and uh, if you ever, like, want to work together, I don't know. It would be the most awkward thing. You wouldn't even like, say thank you. I would, yeah. Work. But, like, like... I'd invite him on the podcast. Oh, oh, okay. I'd but be like, I'm hey, sorry. why don't I'm you sorry, guess like, all that, Again, since I'm like literal Larry, I'm going back to like, <laughs> like thinking of a time when he was alive before we had a podcast. So yes, I'd be like, you won't believe this, but we're like, my friend and I were such, you know, like fans of yours that we started a podcast called P.S. I Love Hoffman. Yeah, do you want to guest star? And we've had Montana. And we've had Amos on. Talk to Amos Poe and... See if he thinks it would be a good idea, and we'd love to have you on. So boom, there you go. <laughs> boom. That, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So Natalia G. asks, this question's for the both of us. Mm. Um, with, is there any other um, actor, I think we've mentioned this actually before, but any other actor that we would have done a podcast on, or that we think we might do a podcast on in the future? Okay, so A, part A to that question it was always, first and foremost, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't really think when we were starting this, and, like, thinking of it, that we really gave anyone yeah. else serious thought. To be fair, it wasn't like, oh, we should do a podcast. What actor should we pick? That's not how it went. It was no, like, it was just like, I want to talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman's roles. Exactly. So, that's part A. Part 
two or B. Um, Again, too literal. You could pick. Yeah. That's why I love buffets. Yeah, I know. I don't do good on were the you, spot. Yeah, I was going to say, were you not a good test taker as a child? I wasn't at all. Horrible <laughs> test taker. 1060 on the SATs. Um, old SAT system, for those of you trying SAT, to compare it to the yeah. new one. Yeah. Kyle is literate. Well, nah. he doesn't anyway, like books. But anyway, 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 anyway. <laughs> um, so other people I'd love to do a podcast on. If we're going, I've I've got we've got ideas for other podcasts, but we're going to go with individuals to discuss a whole podcast uh, for. Uh, Jeff Goldblum would be a fun one. Yeah, um, that's something me and Jenny talked about once. Uh, yeah. Well, if Jenny was here, she would. You know who she'd say? Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Um, Honestly, Kyle and I are not people who think about our future very often. We don't think about, oh, what actor we want to do next or anything like that. We probably won't do another actor. We're focused on the here and now and on the Hoffman. Yeah. But if we had to, um, hmm. you mentioned Julia Roberts the other day. Yeah. You that, no? Uh, yeah. That Toothy Girl from Mystic Pizza? <laughs> What's that from? I'm always looking on. <laughs> That's from uh, Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Uh, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson says that. Says that. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, I mean, oh boy, there's obviously a lot of great actors out there. Um, How about, I'm just throwing this out, how about a director? Oh, I'd have to Not to take Cinemaker's thing away. No, and well, and so I don't think this, um, I I would have to go with either, because also you want to have like a decent amount of episodes. So I'd go with Scorsese or Spielberg. Gotcha, that that would be great. I'd like to talk about Jaws or... Yeah, there's a great Spielberg documentary on HBO right now. It's a puff piece, but you should watch it. Definitely, definitely. Okay. So, Kyle, this question directed for you. It's okay. by Anonymous. It's fucking, I, I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> this is, like, setting me up for failure. Just says, yeah. who do you think you are? It's good. That could be a number of people. Just answer. Who do you think you are? I, I'm a, a man with a uh, uh, very little going on <laughs> wow uh, there's, a, there's a follow-up question to that it says what gives you the right <laughs> the constitution <laughs> another question specifically des- designated for you uh-huh. two trains are heading on the same track yes one from chicago illinois one from sheboygan wisconsin where do they meet if they're both heading at 64 miles per hour which direction are they heading? They're heading at each other. They're heading at each other. Like, you're going to actually answer this question. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Marco B. asks, do you have a guilty pleasure movie? I'm assuming he means, like, a movie that... Like, okay, if you say, oh, my favorite movie is The Godfather or something, no one's going to be like, oh, is that your guilty pleasure? No, I, I, you know. I understand the concept okay. of guilty pleasure. I don't know. You, 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 have, you, need to, to, you have to go first, though. I have to go first with yeah. this one? No, Marco said it just for you. Oh, it was, oh, no, that was just I'm for just me? Okay. No. My Guilty Pleasure film. Hmm. Well, I can tell you my Guilty Pleasure TV show. You know what I'm going to say. Friends? Friends? But that's not Guilty Pleasure. Oh, my God. So many people shit on me for liking Friends. Okay. Okay. But give me a movie. A movie? I don't know. I don't really feel guilty a lot. Like, got 1998 Godzilla? It's not like a okay, watch the god and <laughs> anything that Hank is area. Yeah. But and look, this is a movie I would assume like where I just like put it on and I watch it mm-hmm. and I'm a little ashamed of it. And I don't I can't think of one off the top of my head. You name one and then I'll I'll try to build off of it. Do you have one? 
Um, I, you know, I think I just like I always watch Lake Placid when it's Lake, on. It's, <laughs> wow, Oliver Platt's hilarious in it. That's that's a podcast I would like to do. Yeah. Oliver Platt. Oh, uh, sorry to jump back on this question. Um, Oscar Isaac. Oh, that was an actor. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? Like, I'm also I'm still like I want to do like an actor that's like I don't know, just a little bit more dead established. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant something. just. Oh. So, no, just like a bit more, you know, just, I don't know. I mean, Oscar Isaac's obviously been some terrific work, and I'm really happy he's getting more and more work, but there's just, I know there's going to be things I want to talk about that are just waiting for him, like, down the line, and I'd rather... Fair, but, I mean, it might be topical, I would say. Sure. Someone on the same vein who I would like to do, that like, who, because they were in a movie together or something, and it's... Jessica Chastain, I think she's like amazing. Yeah, and I think there's a and lot of cool gorgeous. movies in there. She's she's a pretty lady. Yes, yeah. Oscar Isaac's a pretty man. He is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's got like doe eyes. So sorry, we backtracked there. But so guilty pleasure guilty movie. Ah, uh, um, Devil Wears Prada. I know that's a good movie, but like as a like I don't know. I just oh. I, as a as a white heterosexual male, I just feel like I like Devil know. Wears Prada though. Yeah. But I, I know one for you definitely. Okay. Failure to launch. Oh yeah. Okay. Failure there we go. Launch. I need. I'm sorry. I wasn't like the Devil Wears Prada led into the rom com territory. So that's like where you start getting me. Like anything Matthew McConaughey. And we're talking before like McConaughey's. Um. Yeah. So failure. Rain to of launch. fire. Yeah, but that's no. But failure to launch is your big one. Yeah, that's, that's... a bi- that is a big one because it's your life story. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you wish. Bradley Cooper's your friend. It's... Yeah. Isn't Bradley Cooper then the guy from National Treasure? Yeah. His friend too. That's a cool friend group. Yeah. Hmm. On those Terry Bradshaw. On those dad. lines. Oh, Kathy Bates guilty pleasure of mine because a lot of people don't think it's the best of this trilogy, and and I, I mentioned it on a previous podcast. Um, but you've got mail. Yeah. I like you've got mail. There has to be. There has to be. You've got one out there somewhere. That's <sighs> what I'm thinking of. I'll think about it. Yeah. I'll think about it, and then on a, another podcast, I will answer that question. There we go. Okay. So in the same vein, Stephen M. asks, is there a movie that everyone talks about being like awesome or great that, so I'm paraphrasing the question because making it more simple, that you don't find, like you don't like, oh, I don't know what the fuss is about. Like like Avatar is like a stupid example. Oh, like, oh you know, okay, not not just not just Phil Sierhoff. No, not Phil Sierhoff, oh, okay. just in that. general. Yeah, no, we don't want to diss the film. Yeah, of course, like so in Avatar, I mean... Um. Oh. Oh. What's the. Oh. What's the one I always. Uh, the Crow. The Crow. Oh, you're gonna diss the Crow. Yeah. That it, is a cult classic. Yeah, it's not good. What makes it he not good? He died in vain. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Brandon Lee. Yeah. Sorry. So the Crow. That's a good one. I. Uh, I should have thought. I thought about reading you the questions. I didn't think about my own answers. Uh, hmm. I mean, mine are too obvious. Like Titanic. You know, yeah. but like a, a lot of people share that opinion. I don't know. For me, there's a lot of like, I just know if I'm going to like a movie or not going to like a movie. Yes, I'm judging things by the cover. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of critically acclaimed movies that I just, I, I just know I'm not going to be into. What's your feeling on Fight Club? That's a movie that people have been debating. Oh, lately. well, you know, okay. So there goes into like, 
that are overrated or you also get into a territory of I don't like the people that are so into this. <laughs> and it's, would Fight Club be one of those? Yeah, you? it's one of those things that like everyone in college had like a Fight Club poster like every I know what you mean. Like, it's just like certain MTV have, Cribs. Yeah, certain people have ruined it, but I still yeah. like Fight Club. Like I still see it. I like it. Yeah, MTV Cribs, everyone had Scarface posters. <laughs> college boys all had Fight Club posters. <laughs> Okay, so that that's fair, but I think again, like audiences ruin things. A movie that actually we've talked about and has been gone, like where certain people like love to death is, uh, I guess, Big Lebowski, right? Yeah. And then you get you get its detractors and its haters, and I, I think okay, I I really like Big Lebowski. I think it's a fabulous film, and I probably said this on that podcast. It's not in my top ten. It's not in my top. Yeah, 50, I mean, Leon know. and I not... were really going heavy on our love on that episode, so you definitely ex- <laughs> express how it, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not um, even in my, it's a good movie, it's not my favorite Coen Brothers movie, you know? Yeah. Oh, Donnie Darko, that was always a, you... again, that was more, that was more like, I don't, I didn't like the people that were so into Donnie Darko. So, but that's fair, but do you feel like Donnie Darko's, Darko is overrated? Yeah, because, yeah, so people are, like, too into it, so I guess they're, like, they think it's amazing, so, yeah, fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this question I think we're going to answer later in the podcast, just um, because I want some time to think about it, is what film are you looking forward to that we haven't covered yet in Philip Zimmer Hoffman's? Oh, yeah. But I want you to think about that one. Yes. Okay. Oh, actually, speaking of someone who didn't like The Big Lebowski, it's funny because we just mentioned that. Yeah. We spoke to uh, the the Godfather. The God, another horribly overrated movie. Shut up! Blasphemy! <laughs> Blasphemy! Godfather three underrated. Underrated. Something I plan on talking about on Michael Manzi's show. Ah. But regardless, <laughs> uh, somebody who did not like The Big Lebowski that much, and maybe it was for the fans. I don't know. We'll ask him. Yeah. Is Joey Lewandowski? Joey, welcome back. Thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure when The Godfather returns. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I I appreciate more so that you guys have not missed a deadline. That makes me really happy. Well, well, we pride ourselves at least in that. Not yeah, we've never missed that. a deadline. My, my, I've, I've had some flubs when it comes to editing. Actually. Yeah, but those are those are minor things. The fact that you every week now... Wait, this is going to be episode 40, right? So, I mean, 40 weeks in a row. We're closing in on a year. You guys have... Yeah. You know, I mean, there. You are one of the. I think you guys are. Yeah, you. You're the only weekly podcast that is not that does not involve me or Mike. So you guys are holding it down, and Ooh, we are grateful awesome. and proud, and happy to have you here in the family. I didn't. Ha- I didn't come from a family with a lot of hugs, so that means a lot to me. Well, I'm not hugging like, you. I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you kindness. It was a. It was a verbal it's, hug. Okay. An audio okay. hug, right? Sure, sure, audio sure, sure, hug. Sure, sure, sure. A podcast <laughs> hug of sorts. And Absolutely. Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is like the longest relationship you've ever been in, right? Yeah. But oh, by far. Forty yeah. weeks. Forty weeks. Forty <laughs> weeks. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> anyway, by, uh, yeah, my, my, sorry Mike for, and I had a 26-week uh, relationship for Cage Club. Then we we broke up, and then we had a 72 72-week relationship with Keanu. Um, so we are. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. So we are. Uh, we're we're on again, off again. We're now on again with Charlize, but you know we have a tumultuous <laughs> relationship. But yeah, the ups and downs. My podcast I BFF. 
<laughs> you got your Cinemakers in there too. Sure. So much, so much a cooking. I guess actually, yeah. yeah the the Cinemakers overlap. So like between Keanu and Cinemakers and now Charlize, we really haven't missed a week recording really. Uh, you know, since April 2016. So yeah, this is a it's a pretty long term relationship. Me and Mike Manzi. It's a pretty special thing. Yeah. That's a nice streak. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Do we disturb your movie watching for for something? Uh, yes, I'm watching a. Uh, Law, a comedy about law, the practice of law, uh, trial and error, um, starring Ooh. Jeff Daniels and Kramer and Charlize Theron. So I'm going to go upstairs, finish watching that, and then we're going to come back down and record this. That episode will be out December 29th. So if you're looking forward to the future, <laughs> there you go. Wow. I can't Cram- say I've heard of that film. Kramer is in Michael Richards, and mm-hmm. Kramer is in Dustin Hoffman from Kramer vs. Kramer. No, Kramer is in Michael Richards. He's or basically Melch. playing Kramer, it feels like. Oh, okay. It's 97, <laughs> so it's sort of, it's peak Michael Richards time anyway, so it's... Uh... I can only think of one other, like, feature film he's in, and that's Airheads. Okay. Well, this is a, this is sort of in that vein, like, it's like a, it's not like a little slapstick comedy. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Charlize, no, we're here no, to no, talk no, about, yeah. or not, we're actually not here to talk about Kramer, we're here to talk about... <laughs> Yes, the main man, Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. and although we, you know, didn't have you on for, you p- picked one other, you were on for My Boyfriend's Back. Yep, at the very beginning. Yes, the very beginning, and we tried to get you and Manzi on for a uh, dual episode, but the timing just didn't work out, but we'll definitely have you on. I think we're f- finalizing that, and we'll have you guys on f- for a shared episode, the two co-creators mm-hmm. of the Cage Club Network. And the creators of and then I'll be PSM back for my other one too. The other yes, one exactly. And then you have, yeah. and then you have your other one you selected. So um, one but, I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I was just watching it on TV the other day. I had to stop nice. myself. But no, I didn't have to stop myself. But anyway, um, but I know you're tentative towards the you know the podcast and the episodes that have aired. So do you have any? films from act two any uh you know that you particularly just enjoy overall so act two has a lot of really good movies that i actually just because life got busy i haven't been watching the movies every week but a lot of act two i'd seen before you know obviously Mm -hmm. the big lebowski and happiness and happiness was the one that i mentioned on my boyfriend's back episode that that was the first time i saw him that i first time i remembered him which was a very deep dark disturbing way to be introduced to him Uh, (laughs) Adams, Magnolia, Almost Famous, uh, Punch Drunk Love, 25th Hour, all of those. Like, I've seen all of those, but the thing that I think that it's... I'm sure you're going to talk about it a lot with a lot of people on this, especially, you know, having listened to every episode, knowing how often it comes up, but the one movie that I did make sure I watched when you guys did the episode for was Along Came Polly, which I had never seen before. Ah. (laughs) Thoughts? And... <laughs> I hated it. I didn't uh, hate it. No, he was so, so here's the thing. So he's great. He's obviously great. He's undeniably okay. great in that movie. <laughs> it's very hard to find someone that doesn't enjoy him. Everything but else. But it's pretty easy to yes. find some people that don't enjoy the movie. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't dislike Ben Stiller. I don't think he's really been in... I think you guys might have even been saying, like, he's not. he's never bad in something. He's just... It's just like it's his Ben Stiller, Ben Stiller shtick in this, yeah. And it's just ugh. What I did, what I, what I did, what I made a note of to Manzi when we were talking uh, about the episode, and we were, I was like asking him, I'm like, does Kyle really love this movie that much? He's like, yeah, man, it's 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 scary. <laughs> um, but when I was telling him, I was I was saying that Jennifer Aniston in this is basically like a 
like a gritty reboot of her office space character feels like like it feels like it's similar very similar to that but just a little bit darker a little bit edgier a little bit dirtier uh, but it feels very close to her, you know, Chachi's Yeah, she's character. the new. Yeah, she's the New York version of the Midwest version. She is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the. Um, no, no, that's I fair. Mean, and Kyle, well, yes, you really do love that I'm, movie again. Well, off, okay. Off not... like microphone, you were like dying when we were playing the scene. And again, but I mean, like, and I, I I'm not gonna say like I don't love the movie, but you will definitely recognize it's the scenes. Like, I'm not like laughing hysterically at the salsa dancing. <laughs> I'm no, laughing hysterical at every Phil- Philip Seymour Hoffman scene. <laughs> at every, you know, like, every freaking Sandy Lyle scene. Well, I think my, my favorite part about it was finally knowing where the first quote in your intro song comes from, where Make It Rain is from <laughs> yeah. that. And I was like, there we go. Like, when he said that, I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, speaking of so, another movie that you don't didn't necessarily like that we kind of announced in the podcast. I remember you uh, having a private conversation with us very briefly about not enjoying The Big Lebowski. Is that true? Is that still true? So I want to rewatch it. So that's a movie that I didn't like the first time because my last name is very close to Lebowski, and so people not recently, but people for a while would be like would think it's really funny to point out that similarity, and so they're like, "You must love that movie," and I'm like, "Well, I don't." And <laughs> it's a movie that I genuinely I've seen three times maybe and I like more each time but it still is only reaching a point where I think it's okay I mean I haven't seen it in a while but considering that that is a lot of people's favorite movie you know like it's one of those movies where like people are like oh that's my favorite movie I'm just like oh okay like I know exactly the kind of person you are like I understand like if you like it it's fine <laughs> but if that's your favorite movie I'm like okay I get it uh, the the Coen brothers are weird and I mean we're we sort of somehow steered clear of them almost across the board. I mean, we did Raising Arizona for Cage Club. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to do the Coen brothers at some point down the road for Cinemakers, so we'll really go through it. But they're so all over the place in terms of, like, you know, movies that I love more than anything, like Raising Arizona, and then movies that, like, I understand the appeal of, like, this, and then just movies that I just I absolutely hate, you know. Some, like, you know, Intolerable Cruelty and a couple of those, like, early 2000s movies. It's just, like, they're so yeah. all over the place, and... Uh, this is just one of those where I'm like, I get it. Like, I understand why people love it. I just, it, it didn't click for me. I, I do want to rewatch that one. Was that an episode you guys had Jenny on for? Or no? No, we had uh, my friend Leon who does the artwork for us. Oh, right, right, right. Because I remember, I remember the It's a while episode. ago. Yeah. It's a while. It's 1998. It was like the That's second That's the first th- year of this uh, act. 98. Yeah. It went, I think it went Montana and yeah. So it's very early on. It was. It's Montana next stop so, Wonderland. Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. Quite quite some time ago in in the podcast. Yeah. So just to, to sum it up, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I dislike it. I just don't like it as much as I could or should or think I might. But I think let me actually look up right now. We can we can tease a little bit of Cinemakers a little bit. This is exclusive here on PSL Apartment. <laughs> oh, we just got another exclusive from Manzi. Boy, we're getting. Oh, what was his exclusive? He dropped. He 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 gave it that uh, third times the charm. Oh, because he finally has. This is the first time he recorded something since he came up with the name. I think so. I think he's just. I know. So he, he yeah. So he exactly. So it was very. Uh, we're getting some exclusives here. So, so oh, yeah, yeah. So excited. The Cohen Brothers is going to come in about two years. So I mean soon. So pretty soon. <laughs> um, uh, probably more like three years. But it's you know they're they're relatively high. It's just that you know. We're in the heart right now of Steven Soderbergh, who, by the time we're done, is going to have 32 or 33 movies. 
and that's just wow. sort of pushing that away. So yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a big uh, commitment for. I, I honestly didn't realize how many films Steve Soderbergh had. There's so many that I haven't seen. Yeah, me neither. Early, and a lot of them career. are really bad. Not a lot of them. A handful of them are really bad. Like he just gets really weird and experimental. Go listen to Cinemakers. Like there's some that are just like he did something just to say he did it and it just doesn't work. But then like later down the road, you'll see stuff he learned from that movie applied in another movie. You're like, Oh, I get uh, it. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Totally. But what's interesting, there's like, it's a little bit of a parallel between Steven Soderbergh and Philip Seymour Hoffman to bring it back to this guy in that their recent stuff I've seen most of, like when you were trying to figure out the episode that me and Mike are going to do together, you sent me five pretty recent movies, you know, for the last 10 years or so. And I'd seen them all. Like, I've seen most, I think, of his recent work, and I like yeah. a lot of it. Um, yeah, then, shocking, because, like, the, you said you'd seen all those movies, and I'd probably seen one of them. Yeah. Because uh, I, I saw a couple of those in theater. Like, you know, like God's Pocket I saw in theater, A Most Wanted Man I saw in theaters. Like, wow. I've seen all the Hunger Games in theaters. Like, I've seen a lot of what he's done from here on out, uh, pretty much. Not not necessarily because of him, it's just the type of movies he's in. I think, you know, guys, you guys sort of know the, the style of movies, and, like, you know, he might not be in the movies a lot, or he might not be, you know, the, 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 the star of it or whatever, but I feel like he's, you know, because he's not just signing deals to be the leading man, he's able to sort of pick the type of movies. And I think he does, he usually makes pretty interesting movies, whether he's the lead or just, you know, a cameo or whatever. Yeah, Absolutely, that's fair. Interesting definitely. roles, he's just a team player, so... Yeah. That's something that kind of we keep bringing this up but that the Amos Poe when we did that episode mm-hmm. um, that's something he kind of educated us on yeah. or just schooled me when I said that Philip Seymour Hoffman was paying his dues he was like no he, that's not the kind of guy he was he was just the kind of guy who kind of picked the parts he wanted to play well that's what's something we've noticed like lately with Cage and Keanu like Keanu has kind of really settled into this little bit of a character actor role like recently not a character actor but like he's been kind of the bad guy or like small like in the Neon Demon he's a small part in the Bad Bad he's a smaller part and like he's great in those and I feel like between Cage and Keanu and uh, Shia who Mike and I also did like all these actors, like, I feel like if you just put them as, like, fourth or fifth build and give them, like, a really, like, sort of like the Philip Seymour Hoffman thing, like, not the lead, not even necessarily the best friend, but, like, give them, like, the villain role or, like, some key character, and, like, they can really, like, really bite into it. Like, that's great. Yeah, just a few meaty scenes for them to, like, yeah. And I still, like, you know, listening to your episodes, I'm still surprised that he's not as prominent in a lot of these movies as I would have guessed he was, but... You know, when you actually talk about what he did, like they they sound like interesting parts, and I can see why he would do that. I just sort of wish, for your sake, that he was more, you know, the lead of movies, because like we're doing Charlize, and Charlize is already like the female lead by like movie three. You know what I mean? Like she's wow. she's right off the bat, just like Cage. It was weird. Like we didn't we didn't have any idea she was gonna be that featured that quickly. Here, you guys are, you know, forty episodes in, and you're still. Oh well, he's in one scene in *Strangers with Candy* or whatever, and just like, well, that's cool. I mean, like, it's it's fun to do that, but like, I, I'm surprised that he's not the lead in more stuff. But I guess that's also not the kind of actor he was. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in Act Two, like, obviously, he's be- he's become more prominent, sure. but it was pretty much *State in Maine*, *Love Liza*, like *25th Hour*, *Owning Mahoney*, and now, and even *Along Came Polly*, and then *Capote*. You right, know, like those, like, but especially only three of those is he truly. Like, even the lead. And that's out of, like, 20 movies. You know, like, that's a a long... Like, Act 2 was a long stretch. And, like, he obviously did a ton of great movies. 
uh, I guess, you know, Act 3 is where he's actually going to have, like, more leading roles, I think, maybe. Although, yeah. maybe not. No, I mean, there's, there's, some... there's still a mixture, too, yeah. No, I'm, lo- yeah, I'm yeah, looking no, at him right now. More, They're pretty... He has more leading roles, but it's... There's also, he takes those side character roles as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well... Uh, any any more uh, yeah, you, news you, on the on the network forefront? Yeah, you told our Hoff fans and clued, a, clued them in on a lot of cool network stuff. Anything else you would like to mention? So this comes out next week, right, as we're recording this, like Thanksgiving week? Yep. Correct. Well, Let happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Next week, as you're listening to this, next Friday, Watch the Throne launches, as does Too Fast, Too Forever. So two Ooh. new podcasts on Friday, December 1st, and then on the 10th, will be, or no, on the 11th, I'm sorry, will be Magic Mike's, and on the 21st will be Boyfriend Material. So if wow. you like uh, movies about hunks, or Charlie's <laughs> movies, uh, stay tuned in December. Um, and also, you know, Mike's podcast that he announced, that's very exciting. I think I'm going to be on the first episode of that. I know you guys are going to be on some of those, too. Uh, yeah, we got lots of things. I mean, I know Tobin's got a thing coming out next year. Uh, Nico from the Now and Again podcast, he's got a podcast or two launching next year. So I just love seeing this sort of, like, you know, spider web out and sort of see where people go and the, the crossover and the bleed over and all sorts of fun stuff at cageclub.me. Is there going to be a Cage Club Network holiday party? You know, there should be. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, <laughs> Kyle, 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 you didn't get the invite? Uh, oh, oh, that's a better no. response. I, I totally flubbed the joke. <laughs> just edit Brian around was on the, just, Brian just was on the improv team in high school. So he I was on the improv team in high school. Yeah, so. uh, two questions before we let yep, you yep, go. Yep. First, um, Kyle, you've asked this off the air. Let's just ask it on the air. What is there? Is this like a running thing with all your good-looking man podcasts? Well, I think Mike's answer was the best last time. That you know, the network <laughs> likes what it likes, and that's you know, that's. I mean, what they it is. they do really well. People love them. It's just, I guess, you're just following the crowd because we, we just wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth. It's funny to us to watch movies that are stereotypically geared toward women as two straight <laughs> dudes in their late twenties. That's fair. That that's a fair answer. But also, yeah. uh, Zach Efron has a lot of really good movies that you guys should check out. I mean, I've uh, definitely seen like a fair amount of. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a bad actor. You he's like still Zac just Efron. to me like he was just like I just always like think in my head like oh he's still just young and like has so much more ahead than fourteen. Like, here, yeah. we we want him to because he's got a couple of movies coming. He's gonna, he's going to be in the he's got a small part in the Disaster Artist. He's going yeah. to be in the Greatest Showman, which I think is going to be good. Oh, he even has a role in the Disaster. That yeah, he cool. plays. Uh, oh, what's his Can't name wait for that one? He plays the drug dealer in the in the room. Um, <laughs> Chris R. Chris R. He plays Chris R. Uh, and then there is. He's gonna be the greatest showman with Hugh Jackman, which is a musical, and then he's gonna be Ted Bundy in that extremely vile or wicked or whatever movie next year. So that's exciting. I just want to get him out of the stereotypical sort of frat boy role that he's been in, and I feel like these next three are sort of gonna break him from that a little bit. So I'm yeah, excited. well, God knows, God knows, Channing Tatum has had that happen to him in his career, and same thing with Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You're just, definitely you looking know. forward to that. So yeah. my second and last question yes. is. Just this is just, I guess, a technical behind-the-scenes question. Oh boy! Would would you ever cancel a podcast on your network? And please don't do that to us before we finish. Well, we canceled one of our own. Which one? 
We were going to do the Ben Affleck podcast. We recorded oh, an yes, episode that and we was, canceled that was, before it, that was before it even came out. Though. Yes, well, we did record an episode. We uh, we didn't we didn't really uh, cancel Monkey Club. We sort of had a conscious uncoupling with Monkey Club. Um, <laughs> that that just sort of split apart. Those ten episodes, it's like a mini series that's on there. Um, I wouldn't really cancel because really, like my only rules. And this is for your listeners. If your listeners want to have podcasts too, we can do that too. Like it's just movie or nostalgia, or whatever. My only rules are hit your deadlines and have sound quality that sounds good. And we figured out how to record and sound good. So if you're like punctual, have a podcast. That that is a very democratic set of rules. I like that. I think it's easy. Just sound good and hit your deadlines. And that's it. I don't care what you talk about. Unless well, as long as it's Kyle about movies or nostalgia. We're gonna get some some more experimental episodes in Act 3, so I think... Thank Ooh. you for giving the go-ahead. No, I'm just joking. So I'm going to preemptively cancel you? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. We're just going to start taking a lot of drugs and recording episodes. Cool, cool, cool. No, I like no, it, I like no, it, I like no, it. No, we do it's not. not happening. No, no. no. We, we might have a white Russian during a, uh, a Lebowski podcast, but oh, that's sure. it. Oh, well, I mean, like, if you listen to the Zack Attack Awards, the Zeffies, uh, my, my, my podcast partner, Joe Two, was... The drunkest I've ever heard him on a microphone because he forgot that we were recording, and so he had so many drinks. And I turned an hour forty. <laughs> I turned an hour forty of recorded time into an hour eight. So you have. I, that's wow. how much time was cut out of that. So wow. you guys have all the white Russians you want. It's totally. You are the fun. master editor. If that's the case, that is that is amazing. It was. Well, uh, <laughs> it was a Herculean effort. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. Sure. Definitely, again, looking forward to uh, your next guest spot because that's one of my f- films I enjoy talking about. We'll put it that way. Um, Kyle, anything else? Any, any? Would you like to make a goodbye to the Godfather? It's, it, well, it's it's you know, well, that's kiss what I was the ring. Say it's always I will do a uh, over the airwaves kiss. Uh, to, to the, <laughs> <laughs> this is the weirdest thing ever. Uh, two cheeks, two cheeks. But, two cheeks. <laughs> but, no, Joey, always great talking, and thank you for obviously guiding us and, uh, you know, being there for P.S. I Love Hoffman and obviously putting the episodes up for the Hoff fans mm-hmm. and uh, looking forward to your at least two episodes in uh, Act 3. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks. So awesome hearing from co-founder, co-creator, godfather, and leader of so many podcasts now in the K-12 I know, network. and we got another, like, inside scoop, you know, reveal of, uh, you know, future things to come. So. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the network is really charging ahead, out. right? Is, yeah, yeah, churning them is, out. This is, like, 1940s, like, Hollywood, like, just churning out, the, like, the motion pictures, you know? Those motion pictures. Yeah. Let's go see on the silver screen. So once again, remember that you can listen to all these great podcasts, including our own and including some awesome ones that are coming out that both Mike, Joey, and we've been promoting on cageclub.me, cageclub.me. Mm-hmm. Cageclub.me. E. E. (laughs) That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we're leaving, leaving uh, Act 2 that we designated of his career, I guess, what were some of your favorite moments or episodes that we can suggest to uh, the Hoff fans that they should listen back to if they haven't already? Aside from the Amos Poe one, obviously, which we can't suggest enough. Yeah, well, that's just... yeah, and And that one's episode 33, A Conversation, colon... Amos Poe. Yes. The symbol cult, not like... So not like colon no. wrestler. 
Yeah. Which that was an episode with Colin Bressler. Oh, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Colin Powell. A good, yeah, exactly. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just so much. I mean, so many great films. We had so much fun. On, I, I, I'd like to think every every episode, but really just episodes that stuck out to Brian and I, I think, are uh, uh, Flawless, um, which is episode 23, and that was just really fun. We had Ana Louise and Goldilocks, they're uh, two local drag performers, and I think they just brought some, I mean, they're just really fun to talk with and brought some insight to the uh, performance of... Uh, that Phillips from Hoffman did in Flawless as a drag queen, and then uh, yeah, that was that was such a fun episode to record. Yeah, well, they all are, but that one was very fun. I'm also gonna throw in Almost Famous just because we did that was a Facebook Live. Yeah, we should then, do another one of those definitely. Yeah. We will, we will. And you then, can see our pretty faces again. Yeah, and then to go to uh, Colin Bressler, I mean Colin Bressler, <laughs> episode thirty, Punch Drunk Love, a collaboration, the fourth collaboration between P.T. Anderson and Philip Seymour Hoffman and you know, Colin's just he's a friend I, I've worked with him in the past and he's uh, again he's hes coming out with a he directed a, uh, a horror film uh, called Bloody Drama so we'll, we'll post about it but uh, Facebook that Google that and you'll find stuff on it and he just you know from a film as a filmmaker aspect brought some fun stuff to Punch Drunk Love and then uh, I just really enjoyed, you know, going, like, I, I love the episodes that's just you and I talking. Cold Mountain, you know? It was just a really a small role for uh, Phillips and Hoffman, but it was one that he uh, got a nomination for a Golden Globe, and it was just a, I mean, an epic, you know, in the yeah. epic genre. And, and it was, was fun a, talking about, like, an epic film. Yeah. yeah, film. It was just fun talking I about I agree. That. Magnolia was fun, too, in a different way. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, just honestly, listen to them all. Yeah. Binge them. But especially listen to the ones that you've seen the film for. But if Yeah, that's always more fun. But then, obviously, if you haven't seen the film, then watch the film, and it'd be great if you listened and just, you know, tell us, like, you guys didn't get it. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we again, we <laughs> love your comments. Yes. We like, like, shit on us all you want. Please. Please. We, we want to hear the negative equal to the positive. So, looking forward, I guess, what episodes are you excited about? What episodes coming up that like a really like are you, yes I can't wait to see this movie well I know and again it's I'm pretty I'm like it's just there's so many movies and roles of his that I love but I think it's it's definitely in my top five but it's just always a variance of is it my favorite but this the, uh, the second this, Hunger Games yes the second Hunger Games no Catching Fire <laughs> or is that the second Hunger no I think it's New Moon <laughs> but the master Phillips and Hoffman as Lancaster Dodd I can't tell you how much just from like I mean again being a P.T. Anderson film unfortunately the last time that they worked together and but uh, just the first time I saw the trailer for it I was hooked and then I actually ended up I was I was working down in Kentucky on this really stupid reality show and I was so nervous that this, the theater wasn't going to be showing it because it wasn't it wasn't like wide everywhere, but I got to see it in theaters, and I it's just one of my and the master is a very controversial film in terms of people in terms of yes it's controversial but some people love it some people hate it yeah and that goes for his performance too so I can't wait to talk about that for me 
I really want to talk about Moneyball. I'm so excited to talk about Moneyball. It's a, it's a book I've read, a film I saw like the weekend it came out. Yeah. Um, two others, Charlie Wilson's War. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to speaking about. And oh, Ides of March. I really want to talk about Ides of March. I know. I was I was gonna say yeah. Come on, Ides of March. And then Jacko's Boating, just because it's gonna be fun to talk about him, and like listen to that DVD commentary. Because since Philip Seymour Hoffman, that was uh, his first and only uh, directorial, uh, you know, feature film. So that'll be really yeah. Cool. That's gonna be exciting. I mean, I, I it's gonna be sad when it ends, but yes, can't wait to take it home. This it, is. It's not ending yet, though, and uh, one of the, uh, and this falls into. I mean, I'm looking forward to everything, <laughs> but next week we get a role that I'm really looking forward to, and that's in the film Mission Impossible Three. Mi Three, yeah. So we open up with a big action film. So can't wait to talk about that. And our guests are actually, uh, well, they're a married couple, Mike and Liza, and there's an interesting uh, reason they're going to be on the podcast, so tune in and find out why they're on, but uh, Mike is a writer for uh, Colbert's Tonight Show, and Stephen Colbert, yes. Stephen Colbert, uh, who we obviously got to cover in Strangers with the Candy, and then Liza uh, Liza is a podcaster herself as well, right? Yes. So Super excited to meet them. I mean... You've never met them either? No. Super excited to speak with them. Super excited to open up with a, an action film. And it's going to be fun because he's like a villain, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's only... It's it, it's an action film. It's I mean, he's only... Before this, like, Twister was like the only blockbuster. So... And this is the beginning of the, like, you know, directing career of J.J. Abrams... And he's collaborating with Tom Cruise, which he got to share some scenes in Magnolia with. Oh so yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just no. a really can't wait to see it. Can't wait to talk about it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Yes. I hope we uh, summed up Act Two for you. It's just it's just fun talking. Obviously, always with you, Brian. And it's fun knowing that there's just so many other people out there that love his films. And yeah, again, we 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 just love bringing his films to you guys. And just thanks so much for listening and continue this journey with us and we're going to bring it home in the next act we got some surprises in the next act some fun things in the next act and we hope to end with a big splash we'll put it that way yes now that splash isn't like you know we're not having a pool party or something or not the tom hanks movie yes we're, we hope to oh tom hanks would you do that podcast yeah that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one by the way so the per natalia who asked that question yes um suggested we do a Robin Williams podcast. That's just like... Uh, yeah, that's like, okay, we can't do Everyone Who Died yeah, podcast. Yeah, and also like in a tragic way. Yeah, in a tra Too soon. Too death soon. Too soon. And yeah. we'd have to do Patch Adams again if that's the case. <laughs> but we love Robin Williams. Uh, yeah. We'd get to do The Birdcage. And one of, I think, an underrated and too... Like, and a freaking, I don't know why people hate on it, but Hook. I love how at the end of this episode we're finally answering all the questions. Well, that's that the we opposite, before. though. People think overrated movies. I think. Okay, a, okay, whatever. Under- so Hook, underrated, yes. officially on record. Yeah. One of Spielberg's worst, according to people, not according to Kyle. Idiots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Regardless, sorry, off on another film tangent again. Thanks for listening, and Kyle, as always. Well, have a happy Thanksgiving. Yes. And remember... Stay on cool. Thanks.
so thanks, so thank you.